Welcome to tonight's Shark Only edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Sado Dan, and tonight, for the second night in a row, for the second week in a row, I'm joined by a very smiling and a very happy Sharks obsessed Terry Mortimer. Mate, why the, why the big smile? Oh, you know, last night was just uh, it was a really good podcast. Um, obviously, we had uh, Carlo on. Um, his internet connection made that a little bit fun. But, Dan, it's just two nights in a row I get to spend with you. But thank you so much. Did it have anything to do with the Sharks' victory as well? Does that just hang about? Um, yeah, not really. Um, because as quick, you know, as, as happy as we were about the victory, we've been uh, let back down by a certain halfback being selected this week. But... Um, We'll, we'll leave the negative talk for later. We will, um, we will we'll, mate. Uh, I've just got to get my stab in real quick. You know you know, a game of two halves? This has been a week yeah. of two halves. We've had the, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I know people are tuning in to hear it, but we'll, we'll get through the good before you go to the bad because uh, last week I said once I'm off that edge, I'm going off. Uh, this time I'm taking you with me, motherfucker. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to put a language warning out there too because sometimes I do lose my cool when I'm talking about a certain Lego head halfback and I I don't want to offend anyone you know. Come. Yeah, look last week I went back and listened to it today and I probably wouldn't have been proud to play that in front of my mother but I think we got our point across pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so language warning uh, when we get to our halfback, but uh, Dan, talk about the game. On the weekend, Sharks 26, the Cowboys 16. Um, game plan executed perfection to perfection, I thought. Didn't we pick them? We said kick to the short winger, kick to Ronaldo yep. and Hampton, which we did all night. It came off. Uh, we said we got a pin vow down, take him out of the game, kick away from him. We got a, Someone's got to put one on him early, which they did. And largely, yep. vow was kept, kept pretty damn quiet, I have to say. Uh, the yeah, halves I... went across field, as we said. Uh, pretty much everything we said came to fruition, and I'm taking partial, if not all, credit for that victory. Yeah, it was our first set, we, we said if we completed it, we need to put a kick downfield and uh, and get some good chases on there. We kind of wanted Toby Rudolph to go and smack Val, but it ended up being Dugan and Moylan, and they, they hit him pretty hard. It was a good shot, so, mate. Uh, there was feeling behind that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good kick. It was a great chase. Um you know, we've just mentioned it before that. You know, the game nearly didn't kick off because we had the uh, six players uh, with their temperature. You know, didn't pass their temperature checks. Um, just quickly, if they if those six players hadn't got back, um, we we did travel with a squad of twenty one. Um, the NRL uh, mentioned something. Oh, it was it was on the Fox Show after the afterwards um, that the game would have been postponed until tonight. Uh, the NRL are now looking at taking squads of 21, 23, and 25 players away. Dan, what are your thoughts on it? They have to, especially for these longer trips. Uh, I know it's not cost-effective, etc., etc., but the world we live in, uh, if anyone gets the flu, they're done. They can't play. Um, and it takes two or three players, and you're starting to lose, you know, your, your entire bench, to be to be honest. Uh, your entire rotation goes out. If we'd lost Moylan and Woods, two of our better players on the night, God knows what we would have done. But, uh, mate, I think this was a real wake-up call, luckily, that the NRL are going to get, that they need to send full squads, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, you've got squads of 30. There's no New South Wales Cup anymore. There's no under-20s. There's no Q Cup. Um, there's no harm in just loading, you know, loading as many players as you can 
onto uh, onto a plane or onto a bus and um, just just playing the game because you know if, if you take a squad of you know twenty five away with you and six players fail the temperature check, check well you, you've still got nineteen so spot on. It doesn't it doesn't really matter it's not it's it's not going to cost well I mean like there, there is a bit of an added cost to it but you know you as you said you're not travelling to, to New South Wales Cup so there's no reason why you can't take those players with you. I was pretty shocked when I heard. Um, I know when they said breaking news, and I actually had, um, I think it was between games, and we were watching a regular show over dinner with the kids. That's a fucking good show, by the way. Um, but I saw Sharks breaking news, and I figured, oh, well, Moylan's injured, or, you know, Johnson's failed his test, or something's happened. And when I saw it, and the first person up was Matt Moylan, I just I threw my hands up as if to say, we're never going to get the, the Moylan-Johnson combination. I actually thought we took a lot more players than we did. I was shocked. When I heard that if the six missed out, the game was off. Uh, you know, that that's not good. If we have to play tonight, that buggers us up, buggers the Cowboys up. We have to fly back and fly back up. That completely ruins training this week. We don't get another training to the end. That That's two weeks completely messed up over a couple of guys, you know, just failing. It's not like they had bloody fevers. These were just... It's very hot in North Queensland. Yeah, uh, very humid as well, and... And obviously, you know, I, I screen capped and showed that message. I was talking to, to our boy Toby Rudolph after the game, who who said that you know it was it was incredibly hot up there. Um, you know, the trip to to the new stadium, you're on the bus. It's you know they've got the air conditioning blaring, but it's still really really hot and humid. Um, even though we're coming into winter, he said it was a, it was an uncomfortable temperature. Uh, but also, K Dog made the point last night, and it. It really just, you know, it got me thinking about it. So I went and put my Skull Candy headphones on today to re-listen to our podcast last night, and my ears were hot afterwards. So a little bit of research done by our, by our boy K-Dog is there's something on there. Just don't wear headphones anymore. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I Look, anything can cause a temperature spike. It's not like, you know, if you're in the 40s, obviously something's wrong, but... You know, you, you don't have to fail by much with all these tight... And I, I 100% agree with it. It's just, you know, you can't take any risks. But on the positive, in terms of our away trips, that's the most difficult one done for the season. We don't have to go yeah. that far again or anywhere near that far again. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. And and we, we got away, like, you know, it, it wasn't... Sorry, I shouldn't say we got away, but... We got the win. We got our season underway. Um, so let's review. I've got the first point that I've got up here. Matt Moylan was brilliant. Matt Moylan was very good, mate. Did you? How many times did he run out of the line to put a hit on? He he changed the game two or three times. And even my dad, who's not the biggest Moylan fan, which is, you know, something I regret to say, but he he was like Moyes is flying out of the line. He's putting everything on. He can do that when he's in the front line. Surprise, surprise. I will say that he looked like he, he, he looks like he's bulked up a lot. Um, he looks like he's got his body in, in really good shape, and it looks like he's taking his off-season fitness very seriously. And yeah, I, I think I think maybe that that coronavirus break has really just given him the chance to get his body right because he didn't even look like he cared about it. He was stepping left, he was stepping right, he, he was taking hit ups. He nearly he, well, he, he was he was away in space. Um, and, and if he just got that ball over the top of uh, Kyle Felt, we're away in, in the first part. But he looked good. He looked sharp. He, he, I, I was, you know, my nipples got hard. <laughs> Everything got hard. 
Did you notice the one thing you know when Moyes is on because he's got that big, ridiculous, shit-eating grin? And he had yeah. that from the minute he ran out. And I said to uh, my son, Bryson, I said, Moyes going to have a good game tonight. He said, how do you know? I said, the smile. He laughed at me, but ultimately I outsmarted a nine-year-old. Yes, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yes, you are, Daniel. This week I was. Mate, first thing I wrote here was Toby Rudolph's first hit-up was fucking amazing. It set the tone for that first set. That guy ran from the bloody Gold Coast to get that ball and take it up, and he did not take a backward step. He's got to start for us this week. Yeah, I think he will. I think he'll, I think it'll be, uh, you know, they've just given Confeder his number eight back, but... Um, interesting to know, uh, Toby had a gastro bug all week and was only given the green light to fly up on the Friday. So, um, yeah, we nearly didn't have him. I've got some notes on him and Woods later. Uh, the second note I've got here, Jesse Ramian take a bow, but also Dan Nichols take a bow. On our podcast last week, you quoted about Jesse Ramian. We need to get Jesse Ramian over the line. He needs to score a try to get his confidence up. He scored two. It was brilliant to see him in open space, but it wasn't even his attack that was the best part of his game um, on Saturday night. His defence was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. That shot he put on Justin O'Neill was, was George Pafuresque. <laughs> it was a fucking big hit. That was a beautiful shot. He came out of nowhere for that, but he made three or four really good reads. And he looked yeah. he looked fit, and when he got into um, open space, he looked fast. And that's something you probably couldn't say about Ramian in the last eighteen months or so. But my God, when he got when he broke out, he could have gone another hundred meters. He couldn't have blown a candle out when he scored yeah. that try. It was beautiful. Um, and and it just just his, like again his grin afterwards. You, you're happy. You're seeing him smile. The fist pump uh, when he put Ronaldo over for the tries. I tell you what, when Ronaldo scored that try off the Johnson kick and he just gave that massive shit eating grin to Valentine Holmes. And then, then, you know, Jess goes and picks him up and looks over at Holmes as well. Our friend Kay put, uh, you know, this could be us, but you took your money to be Michael Morgan's bitch. Um, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, My next note, I've got Dugan and Jesse. Uh, Their defence was just... Josh Dugan didn't do much with the ball. He didn't get much ball this weekend. Um, But what he did do was lock down that left edge. We'll come up against better centre pairings this year than Masters and O'Neill. But uh, we shut them down. They every time they went wide, uh, the boys were in except except once, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And they were in their face, and they got no space, and they just couldn't do anything. And with the Cowboys team missing their best middle player, the best middle player in the world, and Michael Morgan, their only real hope was to go wide and try and get Val included. Every time Val touched the ball, someone was right in his face. And every time a centre got the ball, he was getting crunched by an insider and an outside shoulder. Brilliant game plan. Yeah, I think, um, I think you know, we might not have the, the two best centres in the comp um, in, in Dugan and Ramian, but you do have two guys who, who just know how to read the game. And you, with, with Dugan, like, obviously, he's been a World Cup winning centre. He's played, he's played State of Origin in the centres as well. Jess will play there one day. Um, but they just they just read that game plan really really well and it, it almost for the Cowboys it almost felt how we felt last week against the Tigers just their outside men got suffocated with a predictable game plan. Um, I know Clifford um, put in a nice kick and, and obviously he got lucky on a short side play as well, but they didn't really offer much else. Like you know, I think the scoreline flooded them a bit. Well, considering one of their tries came from an error in our 
in our behalf, and the second one should have been shut down. Yeah, the ten point lead could very easily have been twenty. Yeah, uh, Ronnie was uh, Ronaldo was on fire. Katoa had a bit of a mixed night. Um, Ronaldo got injured, and I don't remember it happening. No, he's out with a knee injury. I I just assumed it was a um, a concussion where he would have headbutted something in enjoy. Seems like that kind of player. I, I, I don't remember. I think he I think he got strapped behind play or something, but I I don't know whether I made that up or not after I heard the news. I honestly can't remember a moment. Maybe it was a uh, celebrating too hard. Yeah, and, and like like he he played the game out, so I d I, I don't know where he got injured. I don't know if it happened at training today or yesterday or on the weekend or if it's just general soreness and you've got to leave him out, but it's a bit of a loss. He scored two really, really nice tries. Um, that finish where he, he just knows how to keep his legs up. A couple of times last year, um, you know, he, he thought he'd been taken into touch. He just knows when to flick his legs up. So you can't teach that kind of finishing. For Sione Katoa, uh, strong hit-ups. Uh, really, he, one thing he does so well is he gets our set off to a really good start. But two, uh, two moments he'd like back that, that read for their first try... Uh, was an absolute shocker, uh, and Cole felt just uh, he had no right to score. He had no room to move. Um, the second, I'm not going to blame him too much. Obviously, it was a shit kick, but one, he should have been put in that position. Dugan could have kicked that ball. Wade could have kicked that ball. Don't give it to a winger to kick the ball in, in no space. It was a shocker. Uh, Cole felt ran away and scored. Um, other than that, you know, there was some, some extreme calls to drop Katoa, but uh, He's fine. He'll bounce back from that. He'll score a try this weekend. He's, um, I mean, you're going to get that with Sione. He's that kind of player. Regarding that kick, I was pretty frustrated until I watched the replay. If the kick had cleared Carl Fell, Dugan was pretty much going to score unless the kick was an absolute shocker, which it was. You know, Ultimately, I think if the game was on the line and it was 18 all at the time, I don't think he kicks that ball. I think it was a bit of, uh, you know, we're playing some expansive football. Let's go in for the kill here. So I'm not going to go too hard on him. The read was disgusting. Moylan gave him the um, the Wade Graham look on Chad Townsend from last week. But the one thing that Moylan did do was go straight to him after it happened. And I don't think, because as a, you know, a young player, they make a mistake, like Will Kennedy the other week, that can end your entire game. Uh, yeah. You got you got to get the the players in your ear to say, oh, you know, well, you know, fucking make up for it. And and I thought he did but until that kick. Not the best game, but Ronaldo, mate, that that guy just knows how to score a try. And Jeezy gets under people's skin, and I'm here for yeah. it. Um, and he was winding up um, Jake Clifford as well. And uh, I put I, I put a tweet out on the night just, and I didn't tweet much during the game, but I put a tweet out on the night saying. Was Ronaldo targeting Clifford? And one, a Cowboys fan actually came back to me and said, they're actually pretty close mates and they've played a lot of junior origin footy together. So it was just him being lippy to, to someone. But back on Katoa, on that read, it was disgusting. And and I put a tweet out when I watched the replay saying the first person to him was Moiser. Now, Moiser did shoot him a filthy. And then I think just going through Moylan's head was, hang on, this guy isn't a 200-game winger who's just made an absolute fuck-up. This is a guy who's played 20 games, and he went and put his arm around him straight away. And like, you can almost picture Moylan probably was just saying to him, mate, I told you to stay out on your wing. Don't let it happen again. You're probably right. Makes a huge difference. Mate, what do you make of Sean Johnson? There's been a lot of negativity, but I want to hear your take. All right, so so I thought, I thought Sean was okay. 
right? He didn't have a good game. He didn't have a bad game. Um, he had a game that I expected for uh, for him in his first game at number seven for us, uh, playing with an ad-lib 5'8", who doesn't play to much structure either. I thought, I thought the first half Sean's kicking game was really good. Um, he put in a nice kick for Ronaldo. He put some nice bombs up. The thing with, with Johnson's bombs is they've got a lot of depth to them, so our, ch- our chasers can actually get through, which is why Val Holmes got no um, no time whatsoever, and their, their, their wingers didn't get any time. I thought he was smart kicking to Ben Hampton um, and not kicking the ball to Kyle Feld. Um, so overall, I thought he was okay. His game's going to be marred and, and remembered by him failing to find touch and putting up a bomb with 10 minutes to go that went a little bit dead and they got a seven-tackle set when the game was still in the balance and also a hospital pass to Britton Nakora. But overall, it was just refreshing to see our number seven not stuck to one side of the field. And it was it was refreshing to see our halves actually organise their edge. And there was at one point in the first half, uh, Sean looked like he was going to go over and attack the left edge. And Moylan actually pushed him away and, and said, you know, go back to the right edge. And that's that's what you needed. Like, we were abusing the, the Tigers' left edge the week before and we stopped going there. But we were absolutely abusing... I'm uh, sorry, we were abusing the Tigers' right edge the week before with our left edge. We were abusing their left edge, the Cowboys' left edge, with our right edge. And Moylan was telling Johnson to just keep the traffic going that way. If you have a look, Graham's metres were down, Dugan's metres were down, Katoa's metres were up, but they were all kick returns. Our right edge, man, they they, they terrorised. Jesse Ramian, Ronaldo and Nakora absolutely terrorised the Cowboys all night. They did. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because this is the first time I remember the halves playing like halves instead of two players on opposite ends of the field. Uh, there'll be much more on that later. But uh, Moylan was everywhere. I thought Kennedy was everywhere. And that, another thing remind me to break up, bring up later, because, my God, I've had an afternoon with that. Um, one thing that I want to bring up before you take my glory, Aaron Woods, last week we absolutely panned him, and he deserved Every single word of it. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you. How do you think he played on the weekend? I thought he was sensational. I thought he was our best forward. Absolutely. Um, he, he, 180 metres. His defence around the ruck was not lazy, which is something you can't say about Aaron Woods. My next note after Sean Johnson was Rudolph and Woods were unreal. And they set the tone for us. In the opening exchanges of that game, we did a lot of defence and we did a lot of defence on our line. Um, Woodsy actually gave away a penalty and I think it was it was a very smart penalty to give away because uh, the Cowboys were either going to take the two or they were going to take the tap, obviously. But if the referee gave a six again, we were on our haunches, you know, you've got to defend. But Woods actually gave away a penalty, which, which the ref had to blow, which gave our defensive line time to set. And it was the worst thing that could happen for the Cowboys. So I think that was a smart penalty to give away. Um... But his defence and his hit-ups in the opening exchange to go with Rudolph um, and Jack Williams. I'll give a shout-out to Jack Williams as well. But I thought our middle did really, really well. Um, and, and I've got to say, Woods was the best forward on the park. And it wasn't even close. Yep, 100% agree, as, we'll, as our 3-2-1s will come later. I am more than happy to eat crow. 
Uh, we, we needed Woods to play like he had a chip on his shoulder, and I felt he did. Um, probably not from listening to our podcast, although maybe Toby had a word. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But, um, he, mate, if he plays like that every week, I'll bag him every week. Fuck it, I'll do what I need to. Yeah, look, and, and that's the one thing about Woods. is When he just turns up and he plays no-nonsense, he's a good footballer. But yeah. he's, he's prone to... He's cut the errors out of his game, but he's prone to being really lazy. And I just... I think he sort of realised on the weekend that if you have a look at that forward pack, apart from Wade Graham, there's not many leaders in the team. It's a very young forward pack. It's a very inexperienced forward pack. He's coming up with, you know, he, he lined up with a guy who was playing his fourth game of first grade football. So he had to lead from the front. And I, I, I really thought Woodsy put his hand up. And if it wasn't for that performance from Jesse Ramian, who I didn't think that, again, I didn't think that performance would be topped until Callum Ponga came out. I thought Ramian was very close to being the best player of the, uh, of the whole week. But... Yeah, it was, it was a great game from Aaron Woods. He, very good, mate. And uh, Talakai, what a beast. Didn't we call that one correctly? Yeah, he was really good. He, uh, I put his stats up. He had um, 75 metres off seven hit-ups, uh, 19 from 19 tackles. He had six tackle breaks uh, and in 19 minutes of, of football. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here. I'm bummed he's... he's He's not named this week. He's not now top 17. Yeah, I don't get that one at all. Um, I don't want to go yeah. there just yet, but um, I thought he yeah. played really, really well. I'm going to call it his NRL debut because no one gives a shit about his time at South. It's only about the Jets and the Sharks. He was fantastic, and he offered something that we haven't had this year, impact off the bench. I thought Man. he came on and we lost nothing. Man, what, his first run as well, he just ran over the top of Jake Granville. And I slowed it down. You could just see Granville's face as if to say, what the fuck was that? Just, <laughs> Where'd this guy come just, from? He just ran straight and hard. And we haven't had that. Just someone who wants to tuck the ball under their arm and run straight and hard. And, and you know, I saw people saying that, you know, he looked gassed and he looked knackered or whatever. He hadn't played any football this year. Yeah, of course exactly. he looked a little bit gassed. But he found his second win pretty quickly and he was just hurting people. Um, I loved it. I loved everything about him. And then speaking of, of in love, I was really worried about our, our number nine this year. Fucking hell, Blake Braley's good footballer. He is. He looked really dangerous this week. I think he. Uh, I think he got the tap on the shoulder of Hey mate. Don't forget, you're probably the best running number nine in the competition, not named Damien Cook. So so freaking run the ball. He did. His defence was great, and I thought you could see him looking left and right. Um, at the, when we were in the middle of the field. And I remember last week specifically, he only looked left. I know we were killing him left, but it's like they adjusted and we didn't go the other side. This week, his vision just left and right. The ball distribution was perfect. When you don't notice a number nine, that's good. When he runs, that's even better. When you notice a number nine because he's, you know, he's either holding up play or he's doing stupid runs for nothing, I, I thought he was pretty close to perfect. And when they got tired, Connor came on and had an absolute beaut. That guy is fucking lightning quick. Yeah, so someone put up a really good post on SharksForever.com. And I, I encourage people, if you don't post on there, just go into the Blake Braley thread and look for a post from a guy named Burgess who points out how how Blake Braley played on the weekend and who he played like. And he actually put some stills and some, uh, like some still shots of last week's game and this week's game up about how he directs play. And it's a, it's a really, really interesting read. Um, 
it's a conundrum at all I think one player is clearly better in every single aspect of the game I know that kills the conversation but for me Scott Sorensen has started the season and breathed an absolute fire I'm not a Jack Williams fan I thought he played better the other day but he still dropped the ball cold and he still gave away a stupid penalty that gave them momentum when we had it Uh, I agree they're too similar and you can only carry one and for me you carry the one with the more experience and the more talent it's an absolute no-brainer for me, Scott Sorensen. Yeah, look, there, there is a there's a footballer in Jack Williams. Um, there's no doubt about it, and many people have tipped him to play Origin, and you can see that in there. But his his head's not in it at the moment. Uh, he did have a better game. Their their numbers are very very similar, and they both made a drop, and they both gave away an error. Um, I think that you can after seeing what Talakai can do in the NRL, I think that. You've got to have, you know, Sorensen or Williams at lock, but you can't have the other one on the bench, especially if our bench is going to have two props on it. You need to have that. You need to have that extra dynamic forward, and I just think if you've got Williams and Sorensen, it's just very bleeding. Um, like for like, absolutely. I don't care who it is out of those two, because I, I think there's a lot more upside in Jack Williams. But I think right now Scott Sorensen's ahead of him, so I don't care which one it is. But moving forward, very quickly, I think we'll find out you can't carry both those guys on your team. That's a fair call, mate. What do you what do you think when Bakuya comes back? Uh, as far as I know, Bakuya won't play again for the club. I'm pretty sure he's retired. Yeah, look, I uh, you know I, I've been up and down on Bakuya through his career, but more up than down, I have to say. Uh, I, I don't think he makes this 17 anymore, even even if he is able to find full fitness again. No, that's I, I, I think he's done. Um, you don't see him in... I, I don't know. I haven't seen him in any pictures at training recently. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. I think I think his career's done now. That's a good point. What about Billy Magulius? Is he is he there? Um, well, he's not even in our 21 this week, so I think he's fallen very far out of favour. Um, from all reports, he didn't have a good pre-season. Uh, he came back and played against the, the Tigers and he didn't look fit. Um, I've, I've been very hit or miss on, on Magulius and I'm more miss on him. I don't think that he's the answer for us going forward. And he's another one. If you're going to have him on the bench, you can't have Connor Tracy. Um, I think Connor Tracy sort of offers a bit more. So... Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not in the team for me. Absolutely agree. I, I was very vocal in saying Billy's got to be our 13 because we needed a ball-playing 13. But I, his, his performance against the Tigers, I mean, he had like three, three runs for 18 metres in like a 25-, a 30-minute stint. You need, you need impact off the bench. And he looked like he wanted to play Newtown Jets football in first grade when we were trailing. It just, it just doesn't work. 
I think Sorensen's the answer at the moment. I think ultimately, though, you're right. Jack Williams looks a better long-term prospect. But right now, Scott Sorensen for me. Yeah, there's not much in them in terms of their running. There's not much in them in terms of their defence. Their hands, you know, Jack Williams' hands are obviously a bit worse. He he made a hell of a lot of mistakes against the Storm. Um, You know, he made a crucial one against the Tigers. He, He dropped one ball on the weekend. I think he's got more upside than Sorrow, so I don't, I don't really care out of those two as to who it is. It's just more fun to bag Jack Williams. Yeah, fair um, <laughs> I thought our attack looked really good on the weekend. I thought there was just a lot of structure going, you know, both sides, but our halves actually combined with each other. Um, but I tell you what, the, our defence in the opening 15 minutes won us the game because they had a lot of ball on our on our try line. Yeah, we could have been very easily 6-10-0 down. In the first 10, 15 minutes, that was really good. Um, just going through my notes here, I've got Nakora was better this week. I really, that try he scored was just a, that was a Nakora try. It was just right place, right time. I love that. Um, I do have to say, though, Maguire aside, they didn't really test us up the front. I know he made a lot of metres, but they never got over us, um, which was a huge rap to the boys, you know, Woods and Toby especially, because they, I thought they batted the Cowboys' middles early on. Um, I think it probably would have been a different game if Tamalolo was there. But I also don't care because we've had, like against South, you know, we weren't at full fitness and we had a bad pass. If that didn't happen, you can't play your sands or butts in this game. Uh, I'm very happy, though, overall with the performance, which I I wasn't 100% certain after the first five minutes that I would be. But here we are. Yeah, look, they scored three tries. One was off the fifth tackle, miracle pass, and a poor read. One was off the kick, uh, the bounce of the ball didn't favour Will Kennedy. thought Kennedy probably could have put his body on the line a bit more, but Justin O'Neill, you know, no slouch, big strong fella, just, just took Kennedy over the line with him. And then the third the third try was an unlucky kick. The scoreline favoured the Cowboys. There's, there's no two, two ifs, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So our forwards aimed up, our spine delivered, our right edge was on fire. We continue to attack that way. We played smart football. It's the smartest football we've played in a long time. Unfortunately, Dan, we're going to go into the preview now because I think that's all going to change this weekend. Certainly is. I just want to have another positive here because, once again, there's plenty of negative coming. Uh, Will Kennedy's positioning, except that one try, was oh. outstanding. His ability to pick the ball, the rolling ball up on the fly, oh, is yeah. incredible. And his ability... To catch and fall before being taken backwards is far ahead of a player who's played, what, six first-grade games. I don't know if you saw my tweets earlier, but I, I, I knew I was doing the idiotic thing, and I went into the Facebook comments on a Sharks post, and I bagged the inclusion of Chad, and someone said that Will Kennedy should be dropped and that it was a blessing, blah, blah, blah. And I absolutely teed off because he's been one of our best players all season. Uh, I'll show you the screenshots later. You will not believe what some of these Merkins had to say. But they were bagging him, calling him an average footballer, saying he's not an attacking fullback. I wonder what game they were watching, because Kennedy was pretty bloody good last week. Yeah, there's there's a a real skill in being a fullback, and that's being able to pick the ball up on the fly. And the best person who's been able to do it in the last 15 years has been Billy Slater picking up a grubber. Um, A lot of people make a meal trying to pick up a bouncing ball. Kennedy's ability to read where the ball is going to go and his his instinct to get there and then just he's just a natural footballer just picking that up on the fly. 
he, he is incredible. He, he, obviously, you know, you, you take the good with the bad with him because there's a lot of good. Obviously, the bad is his size. And, you know, a, a bigger fullback doesn't, you know, Josh Dugan versus Justin O'Neill. Justin O'Neill doesn't take Kennedy over the line, whatever. But there is just so much upside in Will Kennedy. He's, he's put on weight. He, he doesn't get manhandled. As you said, he, he's got that, uh, that uncanny instinct to catch the ball and fall backwards before getting belted. Oh, he's, he's the most... He's so unlucky not to be in our team. Let's tee off, Dan. Let's do it. This week is absolutely criminal. Earlier I tweeted that I want John Morris out. I wasn't kidding in any way. We finally, after how many months, found a combination that works... And we've fucking thrown it all away to bring Mr. Accountant, Mr. Lego here himself, Mr. Can't Kick Past His Shadow, Mr. Can't Break the Line, Mr. One Try Assist in 10 games back and completely fucked everything left, right and middle that we built up this weekend. Yeah, so let's go. The the Sharks taking on the Dragons at 6.30 on Sunday night. Sharks have named their team Matt Moylan, Sione Katoa, Josh Dugan, Jesse Ramian. Uh, Mawini Hiroti will make his debut for the Sharks. Sean Johnson in the six. Chad Towns in his back. Andrew Feeder has been named to start. Blake Braley, Aaron Woods, Britton Nakora, Wade Graham, and Jack Williams on the bench. Connor Tracy, Braden Ueli, Toby Rudolph, Scott Sorensen. 18th man is Talakai. 19th is Kennedy. 20th is Royce Hunt. And 21 is Jackson Ferris. Um... I'm not happy Moylan's back at fullback. His body's going to break down. If it doesn't break down this week, it will break down. He, he can't handle a season at fullback. And he's not a fullback anymore. He showed on the weekend he's a 5'8". And it just feels that we have to accommodate Chad Townsend. And I don't know why, because this squad has gone past him. We're throwing an $850,000 a year player into the firing line mm-hmm. for a very ordinary... I used to call him... An average first grader, he's a fringe first grader now. I think he makes the Titans and maybe the Dragons, but otherwise he, he doesn't make the Bulldogs. He doesn't make... Probably the Warriors have got two better halves than him. Matt Moylan is useless at fullback. I love the yeah. guy. I'm probably one of his two or three biggest fans with yourself. He's a 5'8". He is a defensive weapon when he's a 5'8". He's confident and he's smiling. I guarantee you he'll have a ridiculous knock-on under no pressure this week. His head will go down and Twitter will blow up. They'll all throw it at Moylan, but there's only one person to blame for this, and that's John Morris. Yeah. He's not yeah. a fullback. He's not confident um, under the high ball. He doesn't like behind the line. He's got to play in the line. And ultimately, if he's running for the ball, there's going to be one of those moments where he doesn't go hard enough because he doesn't want to cop the unbraced hit. And he's going to look and he's going to yell, oh, fuck. And he's going to do that frustrated thing and it's going to completely ruin my afternoon. All, I think they've thrown... Johnson looked better at seven than he did in six. I don't think that that can be disputed despite having some you know, some up and down moments. I think Johnson's got to inject himself where he wants, but he's got to keep being in the game because if he's not in the game, he goes missing. Moylan and Kennedy both playing well in the, the last two weeks. That's out the door. We've lost Will Kennedy completely. Uh, Jesse Ramian pretty much is going to be reduced to a passenger this week because we'll go left because Chad will call the ball every time. I bet you Braley starts looking left a lot more than both ways are on the line. Everything changes with this in. A few people on Facebook were like, oh, have you ever watched the Sharks? Remember 2016? 
That was the fucking Ben Barber show. You take Ben Barber out and we don't finish in the top four. We finished maybe six. He was that good. James Maloney wasn't bad either. And Michael Ennis played pretty bloody well too. This is Chad Townsend's side, unfortunately. And it fucking sucks. Yeah, look. The, the one thing, before I go into to my little tangent, I don't think I can top that. Well done, by the way, Daniel. Here's a, 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 a clap for that. Um, Not a fan, Terry. No, at, at the end of the game, Cooper Cronk teed off on Sean Johnson and said he, he's not firing. But, you know, he, he had two try assists. He had the kick for Ronaldo. He had the the, the breakaway for Jesse Ramey, in which he, he played perfectly. If you watch the front of view, he throws that dummy the first time and Val stops. Mm-hmm. That take, Val was the only one who was going to catch Ramey, and that took him out of play. And he passed the ball at the right time, Ramey, and goes away. You put the kick up for Ronaldo to bat the ball back for Nakora to score. He would have had another try assist or another assist to a try assist. Um, but we got called for an obstruction, dubious one, but I live with it. Um, and the Ronaldo pass too. What's that? The Ronaldo pass. He could have very easily had four try assists. Oh, yeah. He, he, he threw the ball to Ramian and Ramian put Ronaldo over. And then um, the forward pass. No, nah, that was last week against the Tigers. No, nah, never mind. There you go. Four. He could have had four try assists this week. Um, but Cooper Cronk turned around and said he's been really underwhelming and he's, he's fired blanks. Whether he has or not, in the same breath, Cooper Cronk turned around and said, Chad Townsend's coming back into the team and you know what you're going to get every week from Chad Townsend and that's an 8 out of 10 player. So people say that Cooper Cronk's got this real good read on the game and he's got this incredible brain. Shove that view up your fucking arse because Cooper saying that Chad Townsend is an 8 out of 10 performer every week He's got one try assist in 10 games. He's got, in those 10 games, he's got zero line breaks, zero line break assists, and one try. And that was against stad padding against a terrible Warriors team that weren't in contention for the finals last year. His last 10 weeks have been below a 4 out of 10. And it, it, it really fucking wound me up the wall when Cronk turned around and said, you know, Townsend's been the shining light out of those two halves. Well, no, he hasn't. He really hasn't. Chad's got no try assists this year. Johnson's got four. Like, the, the, Townsend's biggest asset for him at the moment, what's keeping him in the team, is his ability to pass the ball to Wade Gray. That's it. That's that's literally the only thing that he has. And someone on Sharks Forever today turned around and said, well, how many hockey assists does he have? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Shoveling the ball to Wade Gray to kick the ball to Josh Dugan does not make Townsend a good footballer. Townsend putting the kick in for Josh Dugan makes him a good footballer. You know, and, and again, it's people bagging him, saying, well, that kick for touch was an absolute shocker. Well, it was. But what was his kick for Ronaldo like? He didn't mention that. Eh? Well, that cutout pass to put Ramy in away for Ramy to put Ronaldo in the corner. You, you don't mention that, but you mention his hospital pass. Like, if you're going to pick out his bad, pick out his good. And if you're going to compare his stats, people turn around and say his running game's down. Well, he's averaging more metres this year than he did last year. People say his defence isn't bad. Well, he's, he's tackling at 93% this year. It was 89% last year. So what's the battle you're trying to pick here for Sean Johnson? I'm not... Last week, you know, you and I both said that, that Sean Johnson was very close to being dropped because his performance wasn't good enough. This week, his performance was good enough because it got us over the line. And now, we, again, we have to accommodate. We have to put... We have to push Sean Johnson out of his favourite position for Chad Townsend. And it, it just... I just don't understand. I don't understand what Townsend offers to his team. To this team. For anyone listening, it turns around and goes, Well, do you remember 2016? Yes, I remember 2016. 
2016, I remember we had Michael Ennis, who was the second best hooker in the competition behind Josh Hodgson that year. He was, he was above Cameron Smith in 2016. He was above Cameron Smith in 2015 as well. He, we had uh, Ben Barber, as you said, who was probably robbed of the, the Dalian fullback of the year award. Tedesco got it, and I don't know how. Um, we had Luke Lewis in career best form. We had Paul Gallen. We had Matt Pryor in career best form. We had a fit and firing Andrew Fafita. We had Jack Bird. We had Valentine Holmes on the wing. We had James Maloney, who has been the best 5'8 in the NRL in the last 20 years. There's no two ways about that either. Oh, maybe Brad Fittler. I don't really care about Darren Lockyer because he was fucking past it by the time he moved in there. But Maloney had Maloney was top three then. Let's, let's go there. I remember 2016 very well. This is not the 2016 team. This is the 2020 team. The new rules are in place. The game is a lot faster. And Townsend is not the halfback for us to go forward. He's really not. And it's... It's fucking infuriated me. And and I don't know if Sean Johnson's been in the side either. Let, 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 let's call it how it is. Matt Moylan should definitely be the six. And if you don't want either of those two halves in there, put Connor Tracy in there. But Chad Townsend should not be in the squad. I agree. 100%. Moylan's your number six. You put your yeah. best players in the best positions. Moylan goes in at six. Okay, you got to find a, a fullback. Okay, we got a pretty handy one in, in Will Kennedy. Johnson plays better at seven. I, I maintain that. His best football came when he was at seven at the Warriors, and he plays far and away better when he plays for the Kiwis at seven with Foran at six or Benji at six. I just, I, I'm, I knew it was going to happen because this is just what the Sharks do. They just, they've got a copy and paste Excel sheet and they send it in every week, and then the coach must forget about the late changes. I can't believe Fafita's been named on the start. I think that'll change. I think Toby yeah, will come in. I I don't like the idea of Fafita in this in this faster game. I just don't think his knees are up to it. And I love Fafita. My my son runs around going oh Fafita all the time because you know it was that it was that special to me. I passed it on to him, which reminds me too. Every time Valentine Holmes was caught near us scoring a, a try the other night, my son was up giving the double forks. And at the end, he said, I love that Val didn't win because he's a dick. That made me very, very proud. But I, I don't like that. I don't like Talakai being dropped off the bench. I, I think we've named too many like-for-like players on the bench. I just, I'm just i super frustrated that we've come off an amazing victory, albeit against an undermanned Cowboys side. But you beat who's in front of you, and it's a team with plenty of talent. We should beat St. George by 40 points this week. The Newtown Jets, I'm confident, and I say this with no no tongue-in-cheek, would beat this side. But why didn't we go in with our best side? If we go in and we lose this week, Chad Townsend should never, ever play football again. I don't care whether it's his fault specifically or not. We had a winning formula. We had players with smiles on their faces. We had players in position. We played attacking, fun football. If that goes away this week and we get beaten by... This is a 2016 Knights outfit with, with two better halves in the Dragons. you got a coach who, who, despite what he says, doesn't give a fuck. He, he knows he's gone. They can win the next four games, and if Bennett puts his hand up, he's gone. You know, the, 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 the season's over for the Dragons. This game doesn't matter. They're going to aim up to shove it up our ass, as we have them when we back when we were shit. And if Chad doesn't have a 10 out of 10 game and have me eating crow... Fuck him and fuck John Morris for what he's done 
to this side. You don't take a winning side and go, here you go, our bitterest rivals, here's a better chance for you to win a football game. That's not what you do as a fucking first grade coach. Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get really critical of John Morris now. You know, we made mention of his, his bench rotations were a little bit average. I thought he nailed the game plan on the weekend, but that's because he had the squad to do it. He, he just, he, he he's taken some flano traits and thrown them away, which is really good. But he's also taken some flano traits that are really bad. Hopefully it's not the cheating and the fucking salary cap. But one thing it is, is it's it's blind loyalty to players. And Flanagan had it with some really average players. He never replaced Ben Pomeroy. He never replaced Jeff Robson until Robson was, you know, on his last legs. And then he brought in Jeff Robson's son to replace him. And and I know Latelli made that tackle, but Latelli's, you know, we were bagging Dan Gay guy last night for his dreadful try scoring record. Rick Latelli had 25 tries in 134 games for us. He never replaced him. He just he kept him out there, and that's the blind loyalty that he had. And it, you just feel Morris is getting that with his players as well. He had to rush Townsend back in. He's, he's rushed for feeder back into the team, and he's named for feeder in the starting lineup. Whether that's just the, the number thing or not, but, but Rudolph has to start this game um, to really aim up to, to the, the big aggressive Dragons forwards. Fafita hasn't played footy since March, and you know he's he's fa- he, he, he he failed a, a cut like his calf muscle gave out on him. He's the wrong he's becoming the wrong side of thirty. His body's starting to let him down, and he's he's showing that loyalty. To a player that he doesn't need to, we've got we've got players coming through that that can be you know if if you don't want Sean Johnson to play your seven and you, you know you, you, he's going to be your six, why not give Tracy a run? Why not give give Trindle a run? Why does it have to be Townsend? Why does it have to be a guy who has literally offered nothing to you? You know our, our biggest game last year, the semi-finals against Manly. Go back and have a look at Chad's stats. They were appalling. They were really bad. I just, I, I just don't I don't get how this guy's got the mortgage on the number seven, and I don't get how people in the media are throwing Johnson under the bus, but saying Townsend's an eight out of ten player. Mitchell Moses is an eight out of ten player. Nathan Cleary is an eight out of ten player. Townsend's a five out of ten player. I wouldn't even go that far, mate. I think the reason he gets away with a lot of criticism is he doesn't do the flashy things wrong. Like Johnson, okay, that kick didn't find touch. Chad's done that in the past, but. He'll he'll give you he'll, he'll run the ball and he'll pat his stats and they'll go oh look on on you know on paper he's had a good game but you think back to last year when our season was on the line against the Tigers Chad did nothing Sean Johnson ran that game he had a 15 minute period where he blew the Tigers off the park put us in the finals took his feet off put his feet up and played much better again the next week against Manly. You know, every big game, every big game we've won over the last few years has come via Johnson, Moylan, Dugan, or Wade Graham, and, you know, Bronson, unfortunately. I don't remember a game last year where I thought, oh, fuck, Chad sure showed me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring up a a quote here that someone... uh, uh, This is is how good... uh, This this is the, the kind of defense that Chad Townsend's getting. We were going backwards and forwards about stats and everything, and this bloke responded to me and said, I prefer the eye test myself 
so much happens off the ball anyway. It's not a true story of a player's contribution and effectiveness. What Chad does off the ball is absolutely incredible. Well, it would need to be because he does fuck all with the ball. <laughs> Mate, that's a, that's a very... Um, no, I don't, I don't buy into that, I have to say. I, I don't even... Look, when, when players have made mistakes like um, young, young Kennedy, I didn't see Chad go over to him and pick him up. You know, a player with his experience should be the first sort of player in. Your halfback's your leader. And I'd prefer to have Sean Johnson in my ear than um, than an accountant in waiting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's let's have a look at the Dragons team, Dan, because I'm starting to get really impressed just talking about this fucking asshole who's playing seven for us. Uh, Corey Norman, Pereira. Corey Norman's the fullback. Pereira and Ravalawa are on the wings. Bacon and Lomax in the centres. Hunt is 5'8". Clune is the halfback. Kerr, McInnes and Vaughan are the front row. Frizzell, Fuimano and James Graham are the back row. Merrin Lowry, uh, Isaac Luke and Matt Duffy are on the bench. Uh, Jacob Host, they got a guy named Ford, I don't know his first name. Jason Saab and Tarek Sims has been named in the 21, but Sims has been ruled out he's for five weeks, I think I read today on the New South Wales site. Yeah, he's a risk. Um, Saab will come into the team probably for Pereira, I'd say. Other than that, that's a fucking pub side. If we if we don't beat this side and beat them well, we're not we're not serious. I have no yeah. idea how Tristan Slater isn't in that side. That that one to five, it just you know I still think Duffy should be there because I don't rate Corey Norman at all. Uh, I, I just I, I don't know why they're you know we we both you know the Sharks should win is what I'm trying to say. But are you confident that the Sharks will win, or is there every chance that we'll go out and fucking shit the bed? I'm sort of confident because last year we, we beat them down in Wollongong um, and Matt Moylan played fullback and he had one of his better games. But the guy who scored the hat-trick that day isn't playing for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do have a, a pretty decent centre playing on the right for us this time. So, I mean, look, curiosity is getting the better of me as to what Matt Moylan can do with that right edge of Sean Johnson, Nicora. Jesse Ramey, and, and I was hopeful it was going to be Mulatalo, but, um, you know, Haridi, uh, Hawidi's no um, no slouch either. He's, he's the fastest thing on two legs, apparently, uh, legal legal two legs at the club, and uh, he's he's quite tall. He's big. He was the leading try scorer in New South Wales Cup last year. He was the New South Wales Cup uh, team of the year. Um, so, I'm, I'm curious if he's getting the better of me, but I just, I think... Will Kennedy was definitely the answer for fullback for us this week. Um, really missed the I've, got some, I've got some matchups here that I think are going to be uh, crucial. Um, so I've got it's going to be a battle of the Grahams because I saw James Graham last week, or oh, last night, sorry, just dejected and broken and looked like he didn't know what to do. I think that's that's going to light a fire in him. Um, and I think Wade Graham had a, a quiet game because we didn't go to him and obviously. Uh, Mr. Shovel is back this week, so Wade will be getting a lot of ball. I think Wade will have a good game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope so. Wade doesn't have very many bad games, just has quiet games. I think I think that left side's still the more lethal of the two because Wade is just so far above yeah. the rest in that position, Boyd Cordner included, when it comes to ball playing. Um, I, look, I'm confident the Sharks will win because yeah. the Dragons are so bad. They're going to be up for this game because... It's a derby, and it, it's it's the leveller. 
Um, if it rains, which I hear it's going to, that brings them even more into the game. It, mate, I take a scrappy 8-6, but this is the kind of game that we have to win by 20 or 24 points if we're serious about playing finals football this week. This, yeah, this year, got, uh, another matchup, I've got Sean Johnson versus uh, Ben Hunt. It's uh, the battle of the players under pressure. Uh, unfortunately for Ben Hunt, I think that pressure cooker is just going to still, yeah, the, the pressure cooker is still going to go on him this week. And I think Sean Johnson found a little bit of a spark last week. I expect him to have a good game. Um, our forwards need to kill them off and kill them off early. Our backs need to take advantage of a poor kicking game that the Dragons have and get us over the advantage line. Um, our rotations need to be spot on. Townsend needs to step the fuck up. But the other thing that we haven't talked about, and we've got Henry Perinara as our ref this week, we need to be better with our captain's challenge because Perinara is a shit ref and he's going to make some shit calls and you need to have that captain's challenge Obviously, we didn't mention it in the, the game review, but Wade Graham needs to be a little bit smarter in that situation. Yes, Sean Johnson took a field goal. Yes, it missed. Yes, you thought it touched the Dragons player. Look up at the clock. There's 22 se- or 27 seconds left in the first half. Don't challenge that. No, there was Back no up. point. Even if it went, it was a dropout. We had 30 seconds. We would have gone for another dropout. Off the dropout. They dropped goal off the dropout. It was just... It was stupid, and it missed by dead set five metres. It yeah. was a Shane Watson-esque challenge, and I'd, yeah. I'd take it off Wade for that, and I'd put it in Johnson's pocket, or maybe Braley because he's in the middle of the park. But, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. The challenge means something this week. Yeah, look, the, our last two captain's challenges have been an Aaron Woods play the ball on a Sean Johnson field goal. Even if Aaron Woods got the ball kicked out of his hands, they're not going to overturn it. No. <laughs> that, that's the player and the reputation that it is. You need to be smarter in the game situation on that. Um, and the, the, the Johnson field goal, look, if there was five minutes left in the first half and you're adamant that it, it's it's missed, uh, that, that it's touched the player, then maybe challenge it. Look, 27 seconds left, a team that's offered nothing long range all night, back your defence. Our defence was so good in that first half. It was so good in the second half as well. But just back it. Just Just... Back your defence to close that that half out. You go into the second half with the captain's challenge. That referee on on Saturday night, he had some dreadful decisions. That that penalised Will Kennedy for that high shot. Like these are the yeah. things that you can just you, you use your captain's challenge on that. That wasn't a penalty. That's right. Um, hey, who was your three two one for last week? As we go into the last five minutes, I had uh, three two. Obviously, it was Jesse Ramey and my two was Aaron Woods and. Uh, one was Toby Rudolph. Well, I had Moylan for one, but three and two exactly the same. Yeah. Um, look, just going back to this this game against the the Dragons. If if we if we show up with the right mentality, we win. If we show up and, and Morris has got a game plan that's simple and effective, we can execute it. And our rotations uh, are spot on, and we don't leave Rudolph off for too long. And if Woods is having a bit of a shocker, you, you drag him. Um, you know, if the feed is back and you're are back, you, see, again, I think that you might have to keep Rudolph on the bench because you can't have Fafida and your on the on the field at the same time. Um, yeah, it's it's going to have to be a smart tactical game plan. But you know, you're beating the Dragons, and it's going to sugarcoat over the issues that we do have. You know, with our halfback, and even if he does stand up and have a good game, you're only playing against the winless Dragons. 
It's like twenty. It's like beating the twenty fourteen Sharks team. Didn't fucking mean much. Um, and then we play the Bulldogs the week after, and you know he might he might stat pad and get some some tries. But then we play Manly the week after that. We all saw how Chad was last time we played Manly. He, he, yeah, I, I think I think Morris has got this wrong, and I, I think he's got it wrong. He he's looked at loyalty. He's looked at you know he's put a bit of tunnel vision on it. It's just gonna it's gonna put some paper over the cracks until we start playing some tough teams. And and unfortunately, I think John's got it wrong. Yeah, I agree, mate. And I think two more weeks of Moyle and, and Johnson in the six or seven before that Manly game would have been a godsend. But unfortunately, we've been robbed of it. And unfortunately, I think Moylan will either get injured or make some mistakes on the weekend. And I won't be placing blame on him because he shouldn't be in the one. No, um, but, you know, it's, it's been great to see our boy back smiling again. So it's that time of the night. Dan, you want to kick us off? Hell, Matt Moylan. Hell, Matt Moylan. <laughs>